Vivian. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mike Springston FFC Podcast, where we coach you in the Word. We're working tonight on part two of Majesty from the message entitled Triumph, Majesty, and Dominion. Hi, Tim Beasley. And uh, we're welcoming you from around the country and around the world into our Sunday evening Family Fellowship Chapel's Bible study. We're looking forward to sharing with you the Word of God tonight. And uh, we're looking forward to having God minister to us in things that we need to be corrected and to be blessed and to be led and guided into the depths of truth that are necessary for us in this day. So we're talking about studying the victory that Jesus won, how it applies to his people, I want to remind you that you contact us at springston56 at gmail.com, mikespringstonministries.com, ffcma.org, or through Family Fellowship Chapel's direct messaging. We hope that everybody is doing great and that you are encouraged in the Lord. The purpose of this series of triumph, majesty, and dominion is so that you can see where you stand in what Jesus has won for you. Well, let's have a word of prayer, then we'll get into the scripture. Father, we thank you for the word of God. Open our eyes that we can see and our ears that we can hear and our heart that we can understand what the word of God says. And then let us apply it to our lives so that we can be changed into the image of your dear son. Jesus, speak through the Holy Ghost. Show us what we need to know what we need to do, what we need to understand, and what we need to demonstrate. As you do, Father, we will receive it and release it to your people. So, in fact, we can be corrected in the areas where we need correction, where we can be blessed, where we can be led and guided and shown things that are to come so that we're able to stand in a day where rebellion is the general attitude of people but we can stand strong in the truth and the knowledge of our Lord. We ask it all in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, who is our high priest, our Lord, and our man in the Godhead. Now tonight we're going to turn our attention to this word majesty. Uh, it is given to Jesus as a... Uh, he is proclaimed Jesus Christ, and this is a transaction in the kingdom and because of that transaction, the parts that make up the majesty are available to you and me. This is that of which he is providing. He's providing glory, and he's providing his splendor that exposes the might, the power, and the authority of which he possesses. His power has expanded. Now think about this. As he now holds all of the power that has been held captive in hell. He holds all the power that has been manifested in creation. He holds all the power that is on display in the heavenly region. How did he accomplish this majesty? Well, he first and foremost came for the express purpose of defeating Satan and defeating his angels. Man, of course, was in the crosshair of that battle. 
But Jesus Christ stood as the sacrifice, the mediator, the intercessor between God and man. Each of these found their real meaning as he stood, having defeated death, hell, and the grave, and showed that he was absolutely superb and great over the devil. Now why is he more superb than the devil? Why does the garner of majesty of which he has in all three worlds make him better? Well, he's better because he was perfectly obedient to the plan of the Father. He was perfectly, now get this, he was perfectly structured to take hell by surprise and plunder the goods of the enemy. He was perfectly structured for that. What do I mean? As his flesh died, of course we know that in the tomb his spirit man remained intact. He was awaiting, simply awaiting, structured by God to await the voice of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit spoke, he began the plundering of the goods of the enemy. His structure was such that he was made for that moment. God had made him so. Now watch how God structured him for the moment that would bring about his greatness and show his superb majesty in such a way that all the world would know. Hebrews 1.3 Who being the brightness of his glory. The brightness of his glory. Well, we saw that in Exodus 34. What the glory was. It was mercy and grace. It was long-suffering, an abundance of grace and mercy. It was kindness all of those things, Jesus was the brightness of the glory that God showed to Moses. And then he was the express image of his person. And he upheld all things by the word of his power when he had by himself, by himself, plunged, purged all sins. Then he sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. He sat down on the right hand of the place where glory dwelled. He sat down on the right hand of the place where the standard of righteousness existed. He sat down on the right hand of the God of all creation who called himself the Lord and the Lord God. He was structured from this to accomplish the work in the body he received at birth. Now remember, on his mother's side, he was human. But on his mother's side, father's side, he was divine. Let me say that again. On his mother's side, he was human. But on his father's side, he was divine. He was the glory, the brightness of that glory, and the express image of his father. He was upholding all things by the word of his power. Now, on his mother's side, we saw his flesh. But on his father's side, hell saw the spirit. For God is a spirit, my friend. And hell saw the spirit of God. 
and that spirit of God overthrew hell, he was structured in the area of glory, God's beauty, power, and purpose to become the one who would receive greatness because in himself was the divine image of the person, character, and personality of his father. He was the image of the living God, majesty. So when he sat down, majesty sat down. This was in him with all the specifics that made up the personality, character, and attitude of God. This brought him into the structure of power that was attached to his words, God's words, God's ways, and God's acts. Now having completed the purge of sin, there was nothing left for him except to be recognized for his greatness. So, in his greatness came first the exaltation of a name. He was pronounced Lord, the Lord, the exalted Lord, Jesus Christ. Of course, as I mentioned in Exodus 34, 6, God referred to himself as Lord and the Lord God. Now he places Jesus in that category. He is Lord, the exalted one, that at his name every knee would bow and every tongue would confess that he is Jesus. And as Jesus Christ is pronounced Lord and given that name that's above every name, he is immediately returned to proclaim his position in the Godhead. This was to be seen as Peter described in Acts chapter 2. But as far as heaven is concerned, he's received the title that would place him back in the seat of greatness from the heavenly perspective. Why is this recognition of majesty of such supreme importance? Well, it matters on every front because it matters as his power and authority flows from him to you. It matters as his majesty of lordship is living on the inside of you. That matters, friend, because it's from his lordship that grace and the acts of the blood are gathered together and formed in you. And from there your faith operates. It matters. It matters because as Lord, you have the opportunity to not only know him as Lord, but to act in him as Lord. That's great. This proclamation of Lord, the supreme majesty, is of utter and vital importance. Describes the events of which Jesus is going to bring into the earth and that he's going to prescribe for mankind his lordship. Now watch now. He sits in heaven as the man in the Godhead. His lordship is not somewhere up there. We have never come to this understanding. His lordship is in you. He is lord and residing as the spirit of life that's in Christ Jesus in you. His lordship is active in you. And the majesty that is attached to that exalted name, when you come into his lordship, 
and you bring all of the weight of your life and your cares and your struggles and your crises and you lay them at the feet of your Lord. You lay them at the feet of graciousness. You lay them at the feet of mercy. You lay them at the feet of long-suffering. You lay them at the feet of the abundance of goodness and truth that is Jesus Christ. You lay them there. And out of that comes the formation of the answer to meeting your needs of trouble, crisis, hurt, question, by grace, and the blood. Salvation works together to bring grace and the blood and form the answer from his lordship. As that answer is formed, faith, that is the gift of God, it is the gift that comes from God so that you cannot boast in what it draws out of you, then grasps the formation of what his lordship has formed in you. Now what is his lordship doing? It is saying to everything that has a name that you have brought to bow before him, bow the knee. And, and watch it now, that lordship will cause those knees to bow to the ones who have made him lord. Man, that's majesty. That's majesty at its best. That's kingdom rule and reign at its best. Can't get any better than that. No one wants to live there anymore because no one wants to understand what Jesus has accomplished in victory for you. From his position as Lord, man then is given the expression of power and the expression of authority that can now access through his names, name the things that come from the very riches of God and supply every need. Man has authority now in the spirit world because of how he has accessed it. He's accessed it through the Christ in you, the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Jesus came back to earth to proclaim his Lordship. He brought his Lordship to earth. And he said, if you will use my name with all power and all authority in heaven, and if you'll teach others to observe what I've commanded them to do, I, watch it now, I will be with you always. So out of his lordship comes the ability to take grace and the blood and pair them with faith and draw out of that through the use of the name of Jesus the manifestation and the reality of the things that the substance, grace, and the evidence, the blood, have been forced to do by the coupling of your faith and the use of the name of Jesus. Man now can live in an expectation of being able to not only survive, not only to make a way, not only to be just good enough, but to be more than an overcomer in the spirit world because he's led by the power 
of the translation into the spirit of light and out and away from the principalities and the powers of darkness. Why? How? Because we're operating in the majesty of Jesus Christ. His Lordship that is forming Christ in us. What a great thing to know. My friend, he's far more superior. The light of Jesus Christ is far more superior than the darkness of the devil. Everything in the demonic world that has a name must bow to him. There is no doubt. There is no question. And the last thing they want to do is to bow the knee. Someone said, yeah, Pastor, I used that. I tried that. It didn't work for me. Well, you're not doing it accurately. You're not operating from the correct position. Just to throw the name out there. Now watch it now. Without understanding the Lordship of Jesus Christ and surrendering to that Lordship and to having grace and the blood form in you and faith to be operating with that name. Well, they're going to say, Paul I know and Jesus I know, but who are you? You see, they're going to look at you and say, I, I don't get it because I don't see the things that Paul operated in operating in you. Nor do I see the things that Jesus operated in operating in you. And so they, they're not going because they don't want to. They're not going to bow the knee. They're going to actually stand, dig in, and fight. But when we understand how the power source is connected and how to put the root into the power source, then all of a sudden the spiritual world changes. Because when we put the lordship of Jesus Christ into the power source, the power plant, of Jesus Christ and we allow that root to foster and grow grace <clears throat> and to foster and grow the things that the blood has been shed and designed to do preserve you, deliver you, heal you keep you safe, sound and whole whenever we apply that appropriately from his lordship now then the gift of God that has been given to us as faith can cause the application of grace and the blood to come out of his lordship. And every knee then has to bow. All of hell has to bow. And it does not matter what you apply it to as long as you learn the correct application. Just to bounce faith off the wall or to bounce the name of Jesus off the wall to see if it does any good at all and then find out that neither one of them did any good and then become frustrated and blame God. Don't do that. Blame your pastor. Blame your own lack of understanding. Blame your own lack of teaching. Blame your own lack of learning. Blame your own lack of knowledge. That's what the word of God said is the reason people die because they die from a lack of knowledge. Blame those. Put, put your blame where it belongs. 
But if you understand the Word of God and you understand the teaching of Jesus Christ, you will be able to come into His Lordship and make grace and the blood as applicable for you and formed in you as the clothes that you wear. And then the faith, God gave it to you for a purpose. He gave it to you as a gift to be able to access the blood and grace that's in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Surrender to that. Sanctify yourself. Yield yourself. Come under that Lordship, my friend, and all of a sudden, you will find the materialization of the majesty of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you how, how real it is. Peter said, we saw that majesty. It's not a fable. We witnessed it. How could they witness something that was not on display? My friend, it is on display. And it is on display in you if you know how to access it. It is on display in me if I know how to access it. But if I fail to come under the Lordship of Jesus Christ, and I fail to recognize that Christ is in me, the hope of glory, and the spirit of life, the spirit of life. Now this is what grace and the blood brought. They brought the spirit of life. Grace brought the spirit of life. The blood brought the spirit of life. They are formed in you. You have to then simply recognize your substance and evidence. Put faith to it and it'll materialize. It'll come out of you. And your soul, your, your spirit and your soul will be blessed. Now, he was proclaimed Lord in a, off in three places. Now watch it now. He was proclaimed Lord in heaven, earth, and hell. But many of you that are listening to me have never had him proclaimed Lord in your life. You've had him proclaimed as Savior. You've had him proclaimed as Jesus because you've been to the cross. But you've never had him proclaimed as Christ, the anointed one. You've never had him proclaimed as the high priest who sprinkled the blood on the vessels of ministry for your behalf. You've never had him proclaimed as the exalted Lord in your life. What would make me say that? Because your life is up and down and in and out. Whenever he becomes Lord, you will go into the grace that his Lordship produced. And you will go into the blood that his Lordship produced. And the name of Jesus Christ. Now watch what Mark said. The name of Jesus Christ, the Lord, will begin to confirm his word in you with signs following. You'll begin to change. You'll drop off addictions. You'll drop off language. You'll drop off habits. You'll drop off things that do, are, are, are not applicable to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. My friend, this is important. The majesty awaits, but he awaits those who recognize the superb greatness of who he is. Paul told us, he said that at the name of Jesus Christ, every knee would bow and every tongue confess. Now we've seen him 
go from lordship to being re-enthroned by proclamation in the heavenly throne room of God. Other than the use of his name, what would that have to do with us? It's not, my friend, now get this, it's not what it has to do for us that we must understand. God can do anything he wants. He can operate in his glory any way he chooses, you know, graciousness and mercy, long-suffering and an abundance of goodness and truth. He can operate in that all he wants. He can operate in, in his mercy, which means his compassion, any way, every day that he wishes. That's how he operated in the New Testament when he saw the 5,000 and when he saw the blind and the lame and when he saw the man sitting at the gate that needed to be healed. He operated in compassion to them. My friend, we have a better operation in Jesus Christ than his mercy. We have his grace. Why? Because his grace was established because of his blood. Grace was established because of his blood. So when grace and the blood, the establishment of the work of Jesus Christ, are applied, coupled by the Lordship of Jesus Christ, and faith is applied the miraculous occurs. The word of God is confirmed. It is not what he does for us because he can do whatever he chooses for us. Of course, along the way, the devil is going to fight and fight and fight and block and block and block. And we're going to struggle and struggle and struggle and we're going to get in a little bit and go back a little bit. Here's what I want you to see. It's what he does in us that makes the difference. That's where his majesty is known. What he does in us as Lord, as the spirit of life, as Lord, he has set up a kingdom in us. He rules and reigns out of our spirit. In other word, words, he operates life in you. It's a life we don't apply. Because we are so intent on what we can see and how we feel and then what we think about what we see and how we feel. And if we can come up with a circumvent in our mind to get around what we think and how we feel instead of coming into the Lordship of Jesus Christ and taking God's gifts. There are three of them. The first gift is the blood. The blood spawned grace. That's the second gift. And the third gift is your faith. My friend, greatness resides when we come into the majesty of His Lordship. The majesty of Him in the Godhead this is where greatness of the divine Son of God does His work as Lord that produces the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person, the word of His power, and that then purges us from the inside out 
into divine perfection. He does all of this, my friend, as he exposes himself to you. He is Lord. You bow the knee to sin, and you bow the knee to him. He overtakes your spirit and your mind and redefines your character and your personality, my friend. This is majesty. We begin to worship the Lord, not a God up there, but one who is in us. He is no longer a Lord who is up in heaven, who is removed from us. He is a Lord who is magnified, seated on the throne in majesty in you. From here you can begin now to tap into the power and the authority of what has been formed in you because of his lordship. When you speak his words, a source of power comes out of you and that power sounds like to the devil a river of living water. Why is it living? Because the life giver is expressing out of you his glory and his image. So now when you begin to process correctly and out of you comes what's been formed in you and your faith begins to speak to the enemies that are attacking you, it doesn't sound like a word. Glory to God. It sounds like a rushing river of living water. A rushing flurry of the infusion of light. And what happened? Well, as you would suppose, death, defeat, hell, the demon has to flee. He cannot stand in that rush of life. Where did that rush of life come from? We sang a song last week, there's a lion inside of you. And that's the truth. There's the lion of the tribe of Judah who is formed on the inside of you. And he has taken the two things that are absolutely immutable in the heavenly economy, the blood and grace, formed them in you. And when faith speaks out of that formation, a river of gushing water of life flows out of you. And as it does, I don't know whether you have ever been in anything where you were covered by a wave. I've been many times. When you're being covered by a wave, and you look back to the shore, you'll see the water, and the water will crest over you. And when you look not at the water, the power and the fury of the water is tremendous. But when you look back towards the shore, that water becomes white as light. When the rushing power of this 
word of God comes out of you and flows over you and flows through you. It will come through as power and it will come through with such a powerful light that every demon in hell that is vexing you, fighting you, troubling you, storming you, will have to stop and bow the knee because death cannot be where light is being exercised. Death cannot be where life, they can't exist in the same place. So my friend, I'm telling you today that you have a majesty in Jesus Christ who is your Lord. If you will come into this thing appropriately, he will come out of you as a roaring lion and set every devil in hell that has turned his eye against you. Set every demonic thing that has come against you regardless of what it is, who it is, or where it's come from. He will shut them down. And in the process, he will bring you peace. He will bring you joy. And he will expose himself in absolute glory until you become more than an overcomer right here, right now in the life that you live. That's his majesty, my friend. Father, I thank you for the word of God. I pray that you'll minister to the hearer. I pray that you'll touch everyone that hears the word of God. Let him reevaluate what is on the inside of them. Let them hear the word of truth. Let them search the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And as they search that Lordship, may they surrender to it. Total surrender. Totally surrendering to your Lordship. To your reign and your rule. Then I ask in the name of Jesus that the two things that your Lordship has designed from the cross, from the resurrection, from the high priest, from the Godhead, that grace and the blood, the gifts of God through Jesus Christ, will be formed in them by His Lordship. And they will know it, and they will see it, and they will attach their faith to it. And in that faith, confirm, now watch it now, your Lordship. Confirm your Lordship by signs and wonders. I give you praise and honor, glory, in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, who is our High Priest, our Lord, and our Man in the Godhead. I see so many of you on there tonight, Connie and Charles and Tim and uh, a couple of others that I missed. I appreciate you. I want you to consider this because it will change your spiritual life if you grow to understand what it is I'm teaching. May God richly bless you in uh, Family Fellowship Chapel's Facebook land until Wednesday night at 645. God bless you. Well, Facebook friend, or uh, uh, podcast friends, it's time for us to 
sign off for tonight. I hope that you will see him as Lord because if you do, it will change your natural world and it will change your ability to use faith. Then I hope that you see him as the man in the Godhead because it is from there that he will take your spiritual life into the depths of places and show you great things that are to come. May God richly bless you is my prayer until we speak again.